from the ESPN 690 and the Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. There's a couple quarterbacks I would try to wrestle away. Jimmy Garoppolo will be one, but my number one guy in all of it would be Matt Ryan. Okay. He'd be the number one guy. I would kick Atlanta's door in until the Atlanta Falcons say no. Okay, if I could tell them, hey, I'm going to give you my 2024 first-round pick and I'm going to give you two twos, that's what Matt Ryan would be worth to me. On top of what Jay said, $70 million, so I can absorb his contract, Amari Cooper's contract, Landry's contract. I can absorb all of that with that particular money. Matt Ryan is the number one target for me if I'm Chris Ballard. Really? That's Keyshawn Johnson. That's an interesting take. I'm not sure I'd be chasing after Matt Ryan if I'm the Indianapolis Colts. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Uh, what about Josh Allen? Should he give an extension, 50-year option? Do you wait? Uh, how does he compare to others? I want to talk more about that. Approached the topic yesterday. Got a lot of reaction on social media about that one. Major League Baseball is back. They will play games starting April 7th. So those knuckleheads finally come to an agreement. And now the fans get to uh, watch some baseball in 2022. Brett Martino here at the Players' Championship. We're back underway. We have a couple of leaders at five under par. Tommy Fleetwood actually is just birdied 14. He's now the leader at six under par. Harold Vonner, five under one back. And Will Zalatoris. Rising star, he is four under through 14. Brett Martineau here at TPC Sawgrass. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack studios. Hello, Austin. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Dodging some raindrops. My feet are all wet, but uh, hey, we're playing some golf out here and having a show. We got a lot going on. I like that. That we do. That we do. It's including... You know, it's Gator Nationals week. This is what I heard. Gainesville. And, and I've actually been there a couple times. Yes, and I have too. You know, I've, I actually, we did a promotion one time where we raced a couple of, like, regular cars yeah. uh, on, the, on the, the straightaway there. Okay. I won. Well, I mean, w when you say regular cars, we're talking just like, it was like, a, I like, think a, it was like a couple, like, news vehicles? Now, like, we didn't know, okay? We had no idea. They just told us about this, and we're like, we go over, and we're, it, we're having some fun with it. Uh, but we're, like, in the middle of, like, one of the heats or something on a Friday. Okay. You know? like, okay. Here we go. We have no idea what we're doing. Well, it turns out, they're, I think they were, I want to say they were Toyota Camrys. And so <laughs> they were Toyota Camrys. So I'm thinking, like, going in, like, I'm going to go, like, 140 miles an hour or something. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I think uh, we got it up to, like, 80 on the straightaway or something. Sure, sure. Um, and they say, like, I won. They said I cheated and went when it was on the yellow instead of the green. But I swear I saw it go green. So okay. That was a false start is what I'm getting at. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, this guy's way better at it and knows more about it, and we bring him into the show right now. Ron Caps joins us uh, here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, uh, an NHRA funny car racer. And he's been doing it a long time, one of the big names in the sport. And I guess you had some rain over there in Gainesville today to delay things as well. Ron, thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, man, it's good to be with you guys. Yeah, I, I disagree on the Matt Ryan thing. Uh, <laughs> now, I'm a Niners fan, so we got the Garoppolo-Trey Lance whole scenario, speaking of that. But, yeah, uh, I can't wait for football again now that you guys start talking <laughs> about it. But anyway, uh, yeah, we got a little bit of rain today, like you did at the golf course. I was watching that earlier today from the hotel room, and, it just cleared up here, so we don't start till tomorrow. I think it'll be okay tomorrow. 
Oh, that's good. Um, and I know it's a it's a weird weather weekend, but hopefully you get it in. Hey, how big of a, a deal is the Gator Nationals? Are the Gator Nationals still for you? It's a big deal for the fans in this area. Oh. I know we have a lot of folks from Jacksonville go down, but it's just it's like one of those circle the calendar type of deals in your sport, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's one of the most historic races we have, and it's uh, yeah. I grew up in California, and so for me, I read about it as a kid, and. So to finally come here and just witness this place, it makes the hair on your neck stand up just driving in the in the track. So it's crazy to think I've won it four times. It's just such a historic track, you know. And, um, and it, it's always our kickoff for the for the East Coast as well. So we started in L.A. and then Phoenix, and uh, it's a big one, man. Every time you ride, it's not just circled on your calendar because it's local. It's a big one in our sport. So we uh, we can't wait. Ron Caps uh, with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I, I want to set this up for you, Ron, because I told Austin Lane, and by the way, Austin has like the most unique resume you'll ever find. He played for the Jags and other NFL teams. He didn't play for your 49ers, but he did play for other teams. He currently is an MMA fighter, and obviously we host the show together here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. But I said, hey, we're having Ron Caps on today at 4 o'clock about Gator Nationals. Thinking, I, I'm like, Austin's probably not going to know too much about this, but I'll give him a heads up. And he said, hey, I actually met Ron Caps like years ago in Gainesville. He gave me a tour of the garage. So actually, Ron, yep. you've met I this guy before. That. Yeah, Ron. So this is probably, man, like 10, 11 years ago. <laughs> this is a while ago. But, um, yeah, I, I met you through a mutual friend back when I was playing for the Jaguars and everything. And, yeah, man, it, it was really cool to see the garage. It was my first, actually, my first ever drag racing event. And I appreciate you taking some time out. I mean, you know, I think you had a lot on your plate that day. But you took some time, talked to me a little bit, kind of gave me the tour of the garage. Raj, man, I appreciate that still to this day. Yeah, the cool thing for me, especially when I became a professional, was being able to turn our sport on to athletes and rock stars and people that I looked up to. And I'm a big, big MMA fan. So the, the chance, you know, Randy Couture has been out a lot, become a friend, and we've had Chuck Liddell, who I kind of grew up with. And um, But the best part is getting you guys, not only in the pit area, but stand on the starting line and watch these massive football players or whoever it might be look like girls when the, the cars step on the gas it's the best thing ever so you know it's like going backstage to a, a rock concert and and uh, that's the kind of feeling it, it is and you guys both know you've been there it's uh it's it assaults every sense on your body i mean it shakes the ground you feel your organs shake you smell it's like a horseradish making your eyes water I and mean, it's all wrapped into one and uh, at the same time, every ticket is a pit pass, so you literally get to go anywhere. It's like going to your favorite NFL game, going to the Jags and standing on the sidelines if you wanted to. That's how the interaction is at an NHRA race. Yeah, and that's the thing about it, too. I mean, you know, I obviously grew up watching drag racing on TV, but I remember that day. I mean, I literally stood, like, right behind where you guys start and then take off. Um, and one of the top five craziest experiences of my life, and I've had a couple of them, Ron, but it's one of the top five craziest experiences of my life because it's like you mentioned, it, it gets every single sense. I mean, your eyes get watery. There's this overwhelming smell. I assume it's burning gasoline, and it's just it, it affects your entire body. And I think from, from your standpoint, you know, being a driver, I mean, just what what does it take to get to the level that you're at in terms of physical condition and obviously, you know, being mental as well? You know, same thing. I, I've asked fighters, I've asked people that I wonder about what's it like before, you know, either a play starts or you, you whatever whatever that, that sport that really makes me wonder. And they always turn around and go, dude, what's it like to step on 12,000 horsepower and be catapulted to 330 miles an hour? It's the same thing. And I... You know, when you do it, um, you can't imagine 
anything else. Like I, I can tell you, you know you're going to be six Gs and you're going to be zero to 100 in less than one second. You know it's coming when you step on the gas, but you still are blown away every time it happens. And on top of that, you throw in race day, so you're trying to cut a light, unlike Brent, and, you know, <laughs> fouling out at the Christmas tree, but you try to cut a light and, and – our races are, are won and lost at over 330 miles per hour by inches and by hundreds of thousands of a second. And most of the time, it's on reaction time of the driver. So, you know, that's that's kind of the big important thing with us is you got to be quick, and you're not always going to be the quickest. And then you rely on your race car to make up for it sometimes. But there's a lot going on in that, that just a little amount of time, that 3.8 seconds. Well, and Ron, you, you mentioned that quickness and that reaction time. I mean, is there really a – because, like, in, in fighting, obviously, there's there's ways to train that, right? Like, you throw the punch over and over again. You see the punches coming at you. That increases your reaction time. Being, you know, uh, uh, like, well, what you do, how do you improve your reaction time? Because I'm sure you, you, you can only drive so much. So, like, are there things that you do, like, outside of the car that improve your reaction time? I, I, you know, growing up, I, I wrestled, you know, that was my sport growing up, and I took on racquetball when I was maybe late teen years, and I got to be an open player and played for money at times. That ball being served at you at 140 miles per hour and having to return that blue ball flying around, I think that hand-eye coordination and that speed that you got to have, that quickness, and like you, to me, it's, it's and I'm a huge, again, like UFC and MMA fan, I think we we act. We don't even react. It's it's the good counter punchers. Those guys. It's amazing me in slow mo when somebody's throwing a punch and they don't even flinch. They've already in their head. They're already throwing a punch back. And you just act. You don't even react. And I think that's pretty much what we do. You can slow it down all you want in slow motion, but I think when it comes down to it, in 12,000 horsepower, when you step your foot on that gas you have to just react to that light coming down. And if you think about it too much and you try to react to it, then you're slower, I think. Ron Caps with us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Fascinating uh, conversation with the Gator Nationals here this weekend in Gainesville. NHRA funny car uh, racer uh, with more than 60 wins. I know John Force is a huge name in your sport as well. Also a California guy, I think. What's up with California and funny car racers? Is that is that a thing? <laughs> They're all kind of from there. The funny part is now all the teams are based in Indianapolis because it's so centrally located. Okay. But, yeah, we all, you know, the, the birth of the sport of drag racing was in Southern California. So I grew up, I was born and raised there, and I think John Force, you know, Kenny Bernstein, all those guys are from there. And uh, it's just kind of moved around. Now everybody's in Indiana, but I, I, uh, I can't leave California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's hard for me growing up there as family, and, uh, you know, Indiana's quite different from uh, uh, from California. Yeah, absolutely. Ron Cap's with us. Uh, all right, excuse my ignorance for a moment, but you guys were just talking about reaction time, which is pretty fascinating, uh, and the Christmas tree there that you mentioned. If, if two drivers are going 300 and almost 30 miles an hour in, in this race, and the reaction time happens at about the same tar time, it, it, does one have a better car than the other? if they win two or is it solely they're going to both perform it about the same way but it really does come down to the driver and the reaction time it does and that's a great question because there are times your car reacts better by whatever that crew chief has done with that engine so it's crazy you could slow it down all you want we have engineers that monitor and look at the actual slow-mo that we see where you see the gas 
you know, the, the blades on the injector open, and then they can time it by how quick the driver opened the, the injector blades with the throttle pedal and how quick the car reacted. Again, you're talking about a normal car, like the Corolla or whatever you drove that day. A good street car, you know, let's say going down the road, kind of a hopped-up one, may have 400 horse, maybe. Very, very rare. We have 12,000. Yeah. So mm -hmm. one of just one of my pipes in my engine makes more than a complete NASCAR engine. So there's a lot there that, that they can kind of analyze. But to be honest with you, you're right. It's A lot of it's the car, but you, you can't rely on that. And there's times when I know I didn't hit the Christmas tree and react very well. And in the car, and again, this is 3.8 seconds. And But I, I'm in the car going, come on, baby. Help me out. <laughs> Give me some power to get around this guy. And in my head, it seems like 20 minutes, but it's only 3.8 seconds. Wow. I feel like, like, do you almost feel like you're a bull rider of sorts? Where you, all this anticipation... Oh, for, yeah. for them, eight yeah. seconds. For you, less than four seconds. I mean, uh, that is a lot of anticipation, a lot of work, a lot of preparation, a lot of everything for less than four seconds. I know you guys can relate. There are most of our runs feel like that commuter flight into, let's say, Gainesville or one of these small-town commuter flights, mm -hmm. and you're coming in weather and a thing, you're like, oh, my gosh, just get us on the ground. And you feel like you want to get out and kiss the ground when that pilot gets it, you know, finally lands. That is what you feel like after some of these runs in a funny car. It's craziness. You just don't. It never goes straight. So you're all, you're obviously hanging on. And uh, the only difference between a bull rider is when I jump out of the car, that thing won't come attack me. Other than that, it's it's pretty darn close. Rod, I remember when I kind of went back in the pits and uh, saw your garage. I was so surprised of just how much those guys are working behind the scenes. Even when, you know when you have your first race coming up, I figured just okay, the car is ready to go. You get in and you go do your thing. But guys are nonstop behind the scenes working on that thing. How much input do you have on what goes on behind the scenes in that garage? Are you just strictly a driver, or do you have input on the engine and like how everything feels as well? Uh, I get feedback, but I, listen, I'm smart enough to know that I don't want to go into that area. I leave that up to the crew chief and the crew. And I remember, I think you made the comment that day. You were blown away by how clean it was. It was like cleaner than I a did. lot of kitchens. <laughs> Dude, yeah. you have a so, great memory. Yeah, yeah. incredible so memory. It, That's an insane like memory. That are, yeah, and it's crazy that they're working on a race car, and yet it's cleaner than most uh, restaurant kitchens. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I get feedback on what I feel on the run, but I've known... I've been around the sport long enough. I drove for Don the Snake for Dome for almost 10 years. And you hire good people and you let them do their work. So I, I give them the input they want. But listen, I don't want to mess with whatever that crew chief, because we won the world championship last year. I'm not going to go up to the crew chief and start telling him how he should do his job. And he's not going to probably come to me and tell me how I should do my job better. And I think, I think that's what makes us a great team. Ron Caps with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6.9. A really fun conversation. We appreciate you coming on. you got to come on more, talk some football and other things uh, all throughout the year. Uh, I, leave us with a story from Gainesville because you've been going there for years. And my guess is you either go to the oh same boy. spot for lunch <laughs> uh, or, or, or well, yeah, you can, get, you can make this whatever way you want to go. I mean, it's just radio, man. It's okay. We have a first drop all, button if needed. Um, but first probably, of all, tell Will Zalatoris I got money on him. I did that for him. To, I did. I put 10 bucks down. He's going to win the first round. I don't know if I could say that on radio or not. Yeah, you can. Of course you can. All right. Unless you're Calvin so Ridley. I'm for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Gainesville is notorious for the legacy and all the, the history, but the Ale House, right off Archer Road in Gainesville, was notorious for everybody going there, crew members, drivers. And if you were a fan, that's where you went um, to hang out before the race. And certainly every time we've won, that's where you go celebrate. It's just the spot, right? 
And uh, it's not really around much like it was in the old days. But I remember we won one year, and we went back to Ale House, and they closed the doors when they were legally supposed to, but they kept us inside partying with a bunch of fans. And some guy dropped a credit card down and was just wanting to buy drinks. And we did end up doing Jaeger bombs with this <laughs> fan. And I had a flight out at 6 a.m., and I don't think I went back and showered and just went right to the airport. But I will tell you that that fan figured out that it was his company credit card that he accidentally put down for like $2,000 in drinks that he bought us. And we always wondered what happened to that guy when Monday morning came around, he had to explain to his boss somewhere that he spent almost $2,000 on Jaeger bombs in Gainesville. <laughs> That's a great story. I figure there are more stories like that on the road uh, for a guy like Ron Caps. All right, we're going to make you an executive. You're a Niners fan. Are you sticking with Jimmy G or it's time to move on to Trey Lance? Uh, I think Jimmy G, he's taken us there. I was on the, on the sidelines for the Super Bowl the last time. Um, uh, yeah, I think we got to stick with him and let Trey Lance come along the right way. Wow, how about that? Uh, all right, Ron Caps, great stuff, man. It was a lot of fun. Join us again in the down the road, if you will. You got it, man. I'll see you guys. All right, thanks, thanks Ron. Ron Caps. Uh, part of the Gator Nationals, of course, coming up this weekend. A little delay out there today. They think they'll get it going tomorrow. Of course, the weather's changing even in Gainesville, so keep an eye on it if you're heading over there. Uh, but uh, really one of the um, top racers in the NHRA Funny Car Series, and that is the Gator Nationals coming up. That was fun, man. I oh, can't believe great. he remembered. Dude, he actually I remembered. can't even remember who won the race, and he's remembering like what I said <laughs> in the garage that day. Which, I mean, he, he said that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did say that. Because it, it's insane like, how like it's it's so meticulous like just how organized they are you know yeah yeah and, and like he said everybody does their job right yeah um which is which is really cool so fun conversation with ron caps uh, glad to have him on um here on action sports shacks on espn 690 all right man well uh, that gets us rolling but what about baseball being back good thing right yeah, you know, I mean, you know how I feel about it. I want to wait as long as possible. Let those Milwaukee Brewers <laughs> arms just, you know, just hang out a little bit longer. But I am glad. I'm glad baseball's back. I mean, it's not official yet, right? But they pretty much said it is. It's going to be official. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yep. like uh, I, I think they've tentatively agreed. And Casey, you thought it would go a lot longer than this. They only lose what, uh, like a week? Yeah, it's like a week. What bums, man? Hold out for what you believe in. That's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> Make Dave, me right, right. Casey? Right, Casey. Okay. I know. When we see the same sort of NFL, too, they caved. What a disaster. I know, man. But nonetheless, I think tonight might be interesting if you are uh, might want to see what free agents get signed because there's a lot of big-name players out there right now uh, that will probably be getting signed in the next couple days so they can get to spring training. Well, so, yeah, and I haven't seen the exact calendar. This happened right in the middle of the show, but April 7th is going to be opening day now. So, again, it was initially on March 31st, but now it will be April 7th. And so, what are we at? We're on March 10th, so we've got three, four weeks until that about, which means they'll get to spring training and probably play a little bit. That will be shortened, and then, boom, get ready to go for the season. But you just said something really important. There are a lot of guys without teams. Yeah. Like, they don't even know where they're going. Freddie Freeman, with the World Series champion Atlanta Braves, who's an unbelievable player, is not sure if he's going to be an Atlanta Brave or a Boston Red Sox or somewhere else. I mean, it's going to be, remember, Austin, you lived through it. Remember when the lockout, and there was like 72 hours of just craziness yeah. and free agency. I think, Casey, that's what we're about to get, which kind of is fun. <laughs> no, no, for sure. It's, it, it's chaos, and it's what, we, uh, it's what we all celebrate. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But uh, Major League Baseball is back. they got to get it done. And then 
We're looking at uh, a free agency frenzy, much like we've seen in the past uh, in the NFL. And we will get, by the way, next week in the NFL. Let's go to football and we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Live at the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, the Jaguars and free agency. What Cam Robinson tweeted about an hour ago and what does it mean? Cryptic tweet season. And Josh Allen a little bit later on in the show. Should the Jaguars extend Josh Allen and take the opportunity to do that now or should they wait? All on the way. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Live from the Players' Championship. It was surprising to me that they moved on from him. Uh, it wasn't just him in <laughs> the Jacksonville game uh, or the Las Vegas uh, Raiders game. You know, you had two games where you had the, uh, you know, your destiny in your hands pretty much. You laid the egg both games. Um, to me, that, that comes from the top down. That comes from coaches. That comes from players in the locker room not being ready. Um, the guard didn't get it done. And obviously, Carson was a part of that. Um, but to move on from him, um, you know, it was this was kind of eye-opening for me. And I, I think this was bigger than those last two games. I honestly think, you know, this was uh, something that he didn't do coming into the season. And that was, you know, get, get back. Mm, man. I think that's, uh, I'm going to guess that's uh, one of our, we've been using some newcomers, RG3. Nope. He had, he had too much bass in his voice. Uh, so here's the thing about that sound. Uh, there's not a lot of sound going on. <laughs> and it appears that my guy uh, that does not work for anybody as far as I know, but used to work for the Colts, Darius Butler, was on KJM this morning. Wow. wow. What a deep cut, Casey. Wow. That's all we got. I mean, it's still impressive, though, with the deep cuts. You know what I'm saying? Do what I can. By the way, Harold Varner III in the water at 17. Ooh, oh, to see that. It's like one of the first ones, it feels like. And he was seven under through 16 holes. Mm, yeah. Man. Thought I'd work that in. But, yeah, Darius Butler on KJM this morning. 6 to 10, ESPN 690. There we go. Very Chris nice. Jericho turned his back in the inner circle last night, too. So, that was crazy for AW. Oh, one golf mention. We're at the freaking Players' Championship. See, this is why you didn't join the show in the first hour. To talk about golf for an hour? Yeah, I don't talk about anything for an hour, let alone golf. You better well, believe it. Sure as heck, we're going to go, to, you know, blow by blow the wrestling last night. Oh, no. I mean, hey, it's only a two-hour show. I'm not going to spend an hour breaking that down. There's no way. <laughs> Brent Martin alive at TPC Sawgrass, the Players' Championship. They're trying to get as much golf in as possible. The rain is held off. It's actually very nice right now, but it was rainy overnight and earlier today for a few hours. So it's a swamp around here at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack Studios along with Casey Kurtz. And let's talk some football. It's taken like 90 minutes today to get some football. The 33rd team. Uh, who I uh, follow on Twitter and, and likes the stuff that they do. And they did a Jaguars free agency preview today, Austin. Okay. They said the top team needs are offensive lineman, wide receiver, pass rush help, which I would put as defensive end, sure. uh, tight end, and secondary depth. So okay. I go again, offensive line, wide receiver, defensive end, tight end, secondary depth. Do you agree? Um, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of holes to fill. I would probably put, depending on what happens with Damian Wilson, um, linebacker depth as well. But I'm okay with those with that list. All right. Um, I see. I, I, I want to be. See, I'm not as crazy about the offensive line as everybody else. I think they have to improve it, and I think it's on the list. 
I just really feel strongly, and I've, said, I've been pretty consistent with this now for a couple months, I think we're sleeping on the pass rush stuff and the, the defensive end stuff. This team has not been able to get to the quarterback, has not been able to impact the quarterback. Now, there's a couple of reasons as well. One is they're never in the lead the last couple of years. And so, therefore, teams don't have to force the issue. And when you trail, you're usually passing. Well, the Jags haven't had to face a lot of that because it feels like they've had the lead for 10 minutes over the last two seasons. Mm -hmm. That might be a part of their numbers being down. But we also know if you rush the passer and you make the quarterback uncomfortable, that's where you have the ability to also get turnovers, too, as long as the secondary can do their job to a degree. Well, the Jags' turnovers have been awful the last couple of years, and I will continue to tell everybody their sack leaders the last two seasons have been the number seven and a half has led, led the team last year, six and a half led the team before that. They need to be better at pass rusher. I really feel like they have more bodies on offensive line that you can trust than they do from a pass rush standpoint. And so I actually would put that either one or two, and I think wide receiver would be right there. I think wide receiver might even be number one because you have to start building around Trevor. You have to give him weapons to succeed way more than you did a year ago because last year was set up for failure on a lot of different fronts. So I would probably go wide receiver pass rush 1A, 1B, and I don't mind if you put wide receiver up there, but I would drop down offensive line to maybe even behind tight end. I still think they need a weapon at tight end. Uh, so, I mean, listen, we can have and haw about it. Bottom line is they have a lot of needs. I just don't feel as drastic about their offensive line as some of these other positions. But let me ask you this, though. What is going to happen with Andrew Norrell and Brandon Linder? Are they going to retain those guys? Well, I think Linder's a lock. Okay. Uh, and, and I say this on two fronts. One, they brought back Shatley as, as insurance on a, on a good deal, but not a deal that said, hey, we want you to be our starting guy. I think Linder is viewed as a good player, and, and you don't want to open up holes when you have good players. And I asked Doug Peterson about it. I, I think my word was, are you set at center? And his response was basically yes. I'm okay. putting words in his mouth. But okay. you know, so, essentially, so. I think they're set at center. Now, Andrew Norwell, you make a – I would – I'm starting to think they're going to bring Norwell back, man, even though for a hefty price tag. And the reason I say that is would we already kind of know that. A lot of these other teams that are cutting guys or want to restructure guys, like word is starting to spread out around the league who's going to be available, and I don't see that happening yet with Andrew Norwell, which is starting to tell me that he might be here. Well, it could, but it could mean maybe somebody else becomes available and then they make a move towards that guy and they cut Andrew Norwell. True. Like the way I see it right now on this Jaguars offensive line, Okay, let's assume that Brandon Linder does stay at center, which I, I believe he will. I think he's going to be a Jaguar this up-and-coming season, so I agree with you on that. We're not 100% yet at Andrew Norwell. We're not really 100% on AJ Can, and we're not really sure where Juwan Taylor fits in this mix right now with Walker Little. So you have essentially two to three bona fide question marks right now on this offensive line. Yeah, I... Uh, and I think you're right. Uh, I would say, how comfortable are they with Ben Barch instead of A.J. Can? He played there. Did I, I thought he did a pretty good job last year. Like, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's playing when he did play. And he had to play quite a bit because Can missed a good amount of the season. So, and they invested in him. I think they had, they some people in the building have liked him. Of course, there's a lot of different people now in the building. Mm. But um, I just feel like they have bodies and capable bodies. Like, I'm not telling you Tyler Shatley is a Pro Bowl guy, but I also think he's a very serviceable guy. I don't know if they have enough guys at wide receiver. In fact, I know they don't. 
Yeah, correct. Or at pass rusher because I haven't seen an ounce of any. I've seen way more out of a guy like Shatley, Ben Barch, and, and um, I don't know, Walker Little than I have out of Caleb on Chasa. No, this is true. And one could argue that, you know, Dwan Smoot has been more successful, you know, with Josh Allen than Caleb on Chase on has. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, absolutely, and I agree here. I just think that there still is a lot of question marks also on this offensive line, so I can see where people are coming from saying, well, you got to make sure that's shored up as well because, you know, that is the building block, and Doug Peterson loves the trench warfare. He always talks about it, and keeping Trevor Lawrence upright has to be a top priority. Yeah. Do you? Would you feel better about – do you think everybody would feel better? Would the Jags feel better, most importantly, if they do add someone as on their offensive line? Like, because as it sits right now, to your point, Juwan Taylor, Ben Barch, Linder, let's just say Norwell sticks for now, uh, Cam Robinson. Then you got Walker Little somewhere in there. You have Shatley still in there. Uh, Will Richardson, perhaps. But, like, that would be rolling out the same people. And so I understand why that doesn't always sit well. Now, the Jags allowed, I want to say it was like 31 sacks last year. It wasn't terrible. Their offensive line played worse than that at times. I think Trevor Lawrence helped them quite a bit last year in the sack category. So they can be better on the offensive line. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're all set. And so some of these players that are coming available, so wasn't there a guard that um, somebody was going to let go today? Now I can't remember the name. Um, would it Would it just – would everybody feel better if they just added one piece to the offensive line is, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I one, think... One significant move, too, not just, like, yeah. a depth. Pick. And are you talking about Roger Saffold? Yeah, that's who it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro boy Roger Saffold um, from the Titans getting released, uh, according to Adam Schefter. Um, it would be it would have been the fourth year for him of a $44 million deal. They had a $1 million roster bonus next week, so the Titans washed their hands of him, so he'll be available um, yeah, I mean, I, I think building up that offensive line, you know, like, for instance, I'm not saying this has to be the guy, but if you were to get Roger Saffold, okay, you know, whether he takes the spot of Ben Barch, A.J. Can, or maybe even Andrew Norwell, like, to me, that's an upgrade. And it's like I've been preaching, you know, these past couple of days, regardless of the position, if there's room to upgrade, I think you do that right now because you have the money for it. Doug Pearson loves offensive line. I think, like, a guard would make a lot of sense in terms of upgrading that position. Yeah, and by the way, just so you know, Saffold's 33-plus, like almost 34. Uh, Andrew Norwell's a 30-year-old guy. Sheriff is, is available, too. He's a 30-year-old guy. Uh, then you, you start, I mean, uh, Feliciano, he was uh, let go, I think, today, or, or Buffalo's going to release him. He's a 30-year-old guy. And 30, by the way, is okay. Like, you can play pretty well at 30 years old at the offensive line p- position. I just wonder, Austin, I mean, what are the – like, Andrew Norwell might be one of the best options out there. If you were to release him and you put him in the category of the Saffolds and Scherfs, I, I don't, is there that much difference? Um, I mean, I'd have to, like, get super into the numbers and see, like, where they're at because yeah. we're talking about offensive guards right now. I, I, do, I mean, <laughs> I, I do know that he played in Tennessee, and I think, you know, when they're healthy, Tennessee's offensive line – um, has always been pretty respected. Um, I think the Jaguars did have some problems on offensive line last year. Now, Andrew Norrell wasn't really the, the, the big-time factor of that. But I think, you know, I mean, I would probably still keep Norwell if that's the case. But if I can upgrade from – and once again, Ben Barch, like you said, when he was in there, showed promise. I get that. But I think Roger Saffold is definitely more experienced. 
um, and he has the resume to back it up if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Um, I really think people would love to be able to go find me someone that can play right tackle regardless. Anybody but Jawan Taylor, I think, is what people would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, right guard. Right guard to me is right guard. It's it's really going to be hard to find, like, a lot of great right guards, uh, honestly, and especially those that are coming available unless you're going to draft one. And, again, I think they do like Barch. Uh, this regime is hard to tell because we just don't know how they feel with the new staff. Uh, but I, I think there's some upside, certainly, uh, to a Barch. I, I really just, even if Walker Little's playing right tackle instead of Jawan Taylor, I think people will feel better about the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, they feel better with the offensive line. They feel better about just the whole how the draft went down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, true. There's a couple fold there. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll see. Anyway, I, I think it's just debatable. Really, my main point of this is, you know, the offensive line certainly can use some upgrade to Austin's point. But I think the major upgradable spots before the offensive line continue to be pass rusher, wide receiver, I think even tight end. Uh, I would probably put higher on my list for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and I'm not sure they're going to do a whole lot on the offensive line after re-signing Cam Robinson. A little more on Cam Robinson, what he had to say today. And also uh, we will talk a little Josh Allen here on the show. Plus an update on the Players' Championship round number one underway. They are playing, despite all the rain, uh, earlier today. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 comes back right after this. We just don't have um, a lot of room for error, you know, and, uh, you know, when we make a mistake or, or, or we break down defensively or we don't get a good look at the basket, teams are literally making us pay every time. It's not like we, we're getting away with things. Um, and it's just that simple. I mean, we, we have very um, a very small margin of error, you know, this year, and teams are making us pay. That is LeBron James. That's a sad LeBron. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, Brett Martineau live at TPC Sawgrass. Players' Championship round one underway, delayed, and then back to play. And Tommy Fleetwood back into the lead. 600 par. Kramer Hickok, 567. He's in the clubhouse. Your first-round leader so far. Will Zalatoris. 500 par. Harold Varner got up to 7 under, and whoa, he made a triple KC on 17. Yeah, putted a couple times as well once he got up there. It was, wasn't a good uh, wasn't a good adventure to 17 for old Harold Varner the third. That is not good. 4 under uh, for him and Abraham Answer, and oh boy, Brian Hardman's 300 par. That means Ty's going to be all mad at dad. Ty picked uh, when I told you about the pool um, I'm in for the majors, so uh-huh. picked Ty picked McElroy, Fleetwood, Horschel, and Harmon. Mm. And I was like, I don't know if I like Billy here with the weather going crazy and uh, home course. I'm not sure. I mean, I love Horschel coming off a good week. Um, and so I think I threw uh, – That's oh, and I loved Hovland anyway, right? So yep. I was loving Hovland. So I'm like, I'm going with one of my picks. And then he's like, Brian Harmon. I'm like, oh, Brian Harmon, really? And he does play from the left side, so we like the lefties. Right. But uh, I was like, what about, like, Shane Lowry instead? 
But anyway, Brian Harmon's three under par and tied for six, so now he's going to be bad at that. He started out. You can you can start it. You it can, was two over. Yeah. I did first two holes. Bogey, bogey. I was going. Oh no, I was Another already going to be like, see, Ty, your dad's a wise guy. Maybe yeah. not. That's thanks. Maybe not. for you anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. By the way, Shane Lowry was okay earlier. I'm not sure where he's at now. But hopefully, he hangs around there. All right, Brent Bartno, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Okay. You got some AEW? No, man, I was doing some shadow boxing while you guys were talking. I got uh, something better than AEW. You guys want that? What you, yeah, got? what you got? From Adam Schefter. Oh. Bears are attempting to finalize a trade now that will send six-time Pro Bowl defensive end Khalil Mack to the Los Angeles Chargers. Really? Wow. Blue check mark and everything. It's the real guy. Khalil, that's, that's a, I'm so glad that that happened today. Kind of. Um, well, yeah. Khalil, Khalil Mack, I brought this up on the show in the past, right? Khalil Mack is, like, he's gone into an abyss. Like, he, used, he was, like, the most talked about guy on defense for two years. Went from the Raiders to Chicago. Unbelievable year where Chicago signs the mega deal. And it's like, I feel like Khalil Mack's just a guy. Yeah, I mean, I think he gets a lot of attention. You know, like when they drafted Leonard Floyd at that time, Leonard Floyd wasn't really doing that much. So, I mean, I remember games. I remember watching the Green Bay Packer game when they played, I think it was back in 19 or 20, where he was getting triple teamed. You know, I mean, you're talking about a guy here, didn't make the Pro Bowl last year, but 2020, 2019, 2018, and 17, literally has made the Pro Bowl every single year of his career, except his rookie year and this past season. So... I understand, like, the stats definitely tell a story, but I don't think they're everything. Yeah, but the Pro Bowl doesn't always tell everything either. I mean, you can make the Pro Bowl because you did for the first three, four years, and you're just always on everybody's radar, you know? But whose radar, his peers or the fans? Oh, Oh, yeah, but his peers have a lot more say in the Pro Bowl than the fans do. Yeah, but there are a decent amount of guys now that make the Pro Bowl over other people because they've made, like, eight Pro Bowls, you know? Okay. I mean, I. I, I mean, I think uh, I, like, I understand there's there's politics to it, but I still think it means something if you make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, uh, no, I don't want to de- diminish it. I, I, I'm I'm really going more off like, I guess it's because Chicago hasn't been good either, right? I mean, they just well, haven't been good. The, so I mean, you, they haven't done much to help him out. I mean, the, 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 yeah, you had a three technique last year, you had Hicks and everything, but like. Cleo Mack was really Cleo Mack when, you know, it's like with any edge rusher. You have to have people around you to help you out. And now he's going to a place that has both. Like, I can't imagine Cleo Mack and Bosa now off the edge. Like, that's scary. Yeah, but see, this is like they just sent a second rounder and a sixth rounder to Chicago for Mack. Like, why did the Jags do that? We have four sixth rounders. We would have sent them two. Yeah. I hear you. Now, he's got a boatload of money on that deal, right? Yeah, and nothing, nothing like the Jaguars can't afford it or anything. Well, I know, but we keep saying that. I mean, sooner or later, you're not going to be able to afford everything. Khalil Mack for a second and a six, would he have done it? I would have, yes. And to assume that salary? What, what is the salary? I know he signed like a six-year, $141 million deal. I want to say that was in 19, so 2021. So it's probably three years left on that deal. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, so 6141 was right. I'm trying to find the yearly. Hey, the Wi-Fi is really coming through for us in the clutch right now. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Hey. I was just thinking that. I mean, can we, are we not paying the bills? What's going on here? I can't. Okay. I All right, here, here we go. Thank you, Casey. Here we go. So uh, 
what what year is this? Twenty twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah. He'll get paid twelve million dollars this year. Uh. Seventeen and twenty three and seventeen point five and twenty four. That's fine. And how I, old is I'd he? Pay that. 27, 28, 29, 28, 29, 30 years old. Those those are the years. Uh. No. None of those years were correct. He's thirty one. He's that old already? I guess he was two thousand. He was Bortles year, wasn't he? Uh, 18, uh, no, 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 not 8. Uh, he would have been 14, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't realize he was, but, I mean, that's not, I'm not saying that's old or too old for a pass rusher, but I, I kind of forget he was in the league for that long. So, I don't know, man. Um, I, I mean, is there, is there a better edge rushing tandem right now in the league than Cleo Mack and Bosa? I would say no by name. But I just asked like two minutes earlier before I saw he went for a second and a sixth. Is he just a guy? Has he turned into just a guy? Like, is he? I, I don't watch Chicago day in, day out. But I don't feel like he's wrecking the league. Like, I mean, TJ Watt's wrecking the league. JJ Watt for years wrecked the league. Khalil Mack for a couple years wrecked the league. Aaron Donald continues to wreck the league. Uh, Bosa, by the way, can, both of them. I, I don't know where Mack is on that list. So. Yeah, I think he just made them very I, – I, I would have signed up to make them a lot better and do what I talk about all the time. I think he makes Bosa even better, which, again, if you look at the Jags, are they going to get Hutchinson? If they had done something like this, how much better would they make Josh Allen? I think a lot. I think there's a domino effect there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I respect what the, the Chargers did there. I mean, I'm looking at ProFootballFocus.com, and the overall grade is, yep, makes sense. Still playing at a pretty high level. Is um, he? I, well, some, I mean, he, he's he's in the green. I don't know what that really. I mean, when I look at players in the Jaguars, they're always in the yellow or the red. So take that for what you want. But I, I think you add Cleo Mack, and now I think you're talking about probably the best edge rushing tandem if they're healthy in the NFL. And I think that means something. Yeah, I, I guess some of this is perception too, Austin. To be honest, when when Cleo Mack was doing his thing, I thought he was going to be like Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Year in, year out, like three-time defensive player of the year, you know? And he, he just hasn't been that. He certainly hasn't been Aaron Donald. Yeah. I know they play a little different position, but he hasn't been. Um, okay, this it's a great segue into what I want to talk Josh Allen, is he worth an extension? I also got to go jump on TV for a couple moments here at the Players' Championship, but that's what we talk about, football at five. Josh Allen worth an extension? Do you wait to the fifth year, do the fifth-year option? Do you just wait? How do you feel about it? My social media felt a lot of different ways about it. <laughs> we talk about it when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.